Hey folks, can your IRA or 401k stand up to the next financial crisis that our top economists are saying is right at our doorstep? By allocating a percentage of your retirement into physical gold and silver with a tax-free rollover, you can diversify and safeguard your holdings from a turbulent market and economic downturns. All you got to do is put your IRA back on the gold standard. With a multi-trillion dollar trade deficit and ongoing geopolitical instability, experts say now is the time to make the switch. Find out how to safeguard your assets with a tax-free rollover with a Genesis Gold IRA, the only IRA that can hold physical precious metals. Protect your retirement today with one simple phone call and receive your free gold and silver guide from my good friends at Genesis Gold. To do that, call Genesis Gold Group today at 800 200 G-O-L-D, gold. That's 800-200-GOLD. And find out how you can add precious metals to your IRA. One more time, let me give you the number. It's 800-200-4653. gold Or visit them at genesisgoldgroup.com. Genesis Gold, welcome to the John Solomon Just the News family. Hello, America, and welcome to a new edition of John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News, where today, Thursday, we are going to take you to the Libre Cuba or Cuba Libre movement. Yes, there was a big protest on the West Lawn of the White House. I'm sorry, of the Capitol earlier this week. In fact, it was the first demonstration or public event on the lawn since the January 6th riots, and it was all about supporting the people in Cuba and giving them an opportunity, a path to freedom after more than six days of communist rule, of communist economic failure. A remarkable event, and one of the organizers, one of the participants, one of the most important voices at that rally was Jenny Beth Martin, the founder of the Tea Party Patriots, and she is here today to tell us exactly what happened, why it's important, why the Biden administration is missing an opportunity to spring the people of Cuba from the communist suffering they have endured for so, so many years. So that's going to be a big focus today. But before we get there, I want to talk to you about one story that I broke overnight. I find it fascinating. And uh, so many things go on. You get on a plane after 9-11 and you assume all the security procedures are the same, that we're checking everybody's IDs and they have a photo ID, a state ID, because we have to have it when we go on the plane. And we get on that plane with the full assurance that we're going to be safe. But we learned something over the last few days from people inside the Customs and Border Protection Agency, from inside the Transportation Security Administration, from inside the Homeland Security Department, and from inside some of the airlines. What did we learn? We learned that as the Biden administration begins releasing more and more of the illegal immigrants that came into our country at the southern border, creating the crisis that we've been talking about for months, one of the ways they're getting rid of the crisis is by just releasing people into the interior of the nation. They come in through Mexico, they're on their way to New Jersey, New York, Missouri, wherever it's going to be. Uh, Well, they have to transport these illegal migrants, these illegal immigrants, illegal aliens. And a lot of them are getting put on planes because the travel they have is quite far. They may be going several states away. Well, what do you do with someone, we asked, if they didn't enter the country because they illegally migrated here, they didn't come with a passport, they didn't come with a driver's license or a country-issued ID that the Transportation Security Agency requires, So you're about to put them on a plane and they don't have the idea that we Americans have to put 
ourselves up to the TSA when we go through the security line or when we put our luggage underneath uh, the airplane for the trip there? And the answer is, well, they get exempted. What the TSA has told us is that they have created a workaround, the CPB, though it's dealing with 180,000 illegal immigrants a month now, a crush, a historic crush of people coming into the country illegally. They're asking the CPB to also try to do some basic identity checks, some basic security checks, and see if the person who says they're so-and-so really is that person. Now, you're at the mercy of their home country saying, yeah, I think that's that person. You may not have photo ID. And then they get a piece of paper from the CPB and the TSA accepts it and they hop on the flight. Now, I'm not just saying this because TSA told me this. We actually interviewed someone and he was on the podcast the other day who said he saw this happen in real time. John Zadrozny, the former chief immigration and homeland security advisor to President Trump, said, yeah, he's at an airport. He watched a woman, I believe it was from Uganda, get on without the ID, get a waiver and get on the plane and go along with him, even though he had to show his ID to get on the plane. So we've asked around, is this a good idea? Is this the only way to do it? And we got to the recently departed head of CPP. You probably remember him. He's been on my show many times. Mark Morgan, very respected law enforcement official, worked for the Obama administration, for the Trump administration, 30 plus years in law enforcement from the FBI to the CPB. There are very few voices in law enforcement trusted as much as he. And here is what he said about what we discovered and what he learned. Quote, we are abandoning every single security norm we learned after 9-11 just to move illegal aliens through the country. Let me say that again. Let those words sink into you. This is the former chief of the Customs and Border Protection Agency. Quote, we are abandoning every single security norm we learned after 9-11 just to move illegal aliens through the country, meaning out of detention, so Joe Biden can brag that he doesn't have this many people holed up in detention. They're releasing them into the interior of the country, and he says, Mark Morgan says, it is a security risk, a security risk not worth taking. Pretty important words from someone very trusted. John Zadrozny agrees. TSA will not even say how many people have gotten these exemptions from the photo ID requirements for flight. They say they just don't track the statistic. Well, that's unfortunate for the American people, right? All right. Well, that's the story you want to see. If you want to read that story at the top, just the news right now, feds exempting some illegal migrants from normal ID requirements on flights. Good story. All on the record. You don't have to take our word for it. You can read it yourself. Look at the underlying documents. It's all there for you. All right, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, and we're coming back to the Freedom Phone Studios here in Washington, D.C. Yes, we're that's our sponsor. That's our supporter for the great podcast studios we have here in Washington, D.C. When we come back, we're going to have our exclusive interview with Jenny Beth Martin, the founder of the Tea Party Patriots, and the organizer, or an organizer of the very important Cuba Libre protests at the Capitol earlier this week. Historic moment. In history, will the United States support the Cuban people's quest for freedom or will they remain silent and let the communist regime crush the protests, the rebellion, the cries for freedom in the great island that's only 90 miles from our coastline? We'll have that answer when we come back with Jenny Beth Martin. 
Hey folks, have you heard of cancer-fighting foods? The American Cancer Society discovered diets rich in fruits and vegetables may actually lower your risk of cancer. Think about that for a second. That's really important. Hopefully, you hear this and run to the store for five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. But if you're like me, you probably don't have the time to do that, right? So maybe you should consider adding Field of Greens to your daily health regimen. Each fruit and veggie in Field of Greens was doctor-selected for studied health benefits. There's a heart health group, lungs, kidneys, and metabolism groups, even healthy weight. What your body needs is in each scoop of delicious Field of Greens. I take it every day. Sometimes I put it in a shake. Sometimes I put it in my egg white omelet in the morning. Field of Greens can help prevent, treat, and cure cancer? No, but it can powerfully help you audit your next checkup. Your doctor will notice your improved health or you're going to get your money back. Here's the most amazing thing about it. I started using Field of Greens a year ago. My cholesterol is down. My blood sugar is down. My weight's down. My health is up. My sleeping patterns are better. My metabolism is up. If you want to experience what I've experienced, go check out Field of Greens. Jump into the ring here. You're going to get an enormous benefit. And it's so simple. Single scoop, a couple of seconds, healthy lifestyle all day long. Now, thanks to our good friends at Brickhouse Nutrition, Field of Greens is going to give you a 15% off discount plus free rush shipping. All you got to do is go to fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS for your discount. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Fieldofgreens.com, promo code JUSTNEWS. Go check it out. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. And as promised, a very special guest, somebody who has been so instrumental to politics on the conservative side for more than a decade now, the founder and national coordinator of the Tea Party Patriots and an all-around great conservative activist, always on the front line of fighting for America's freedoms. Joining us right now is Jenny Beth Martin. Jenny, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm glad to be on. It's an honor to have you. And uh, you had a busy week as you were... This week, fighting for freedom in Cuba with the extraordinary demonstrations for freedom uh, that occurred on the West Lawn and an important moment, right? Because it's one of the first big conservative demonstrations, expressions of free speech that we've had since the January 6th riots. Tell us how that went. Well, it went really well. We, uh, Tea Party Patriots Action, along with um, American Conservative Union, most people think of them as CPAC and a couple of other organizations work to put this rally demonstration on to stand with the people of Cuba. They actually had a speaker um, who is the daughter of a man who is one of the organizers in Cuba right now who was arrested on the 11th. And they believe he's being, maybe he's being tortured. He's certainly being held in Cuba for expressing what we, we take for granted here in this country, which is his God-given right to free speech. And I thought it was a really important event to be at and to participate in because the people in Cuba are waving the American flag as they're calling for their own liberty. And our flag stands for freedom. It's not the Russian flag. It's not the Chinese flag. It's the flag of the United States of America. Anyone who waves the American flag is a friend of ours. And we wanted to stand with them. Yep. And yet some of our athletes turn their back on it or kneel uh, during the national anthem. Uh, We forget that to the rest of the world, we are the most shining beacon of freedom that exists and uh, an inspiration for anyone who yearns to be free. And uh, what a remarkable time to see the Cubans honoring the American flag and uh, and some of our own taking it for granted here on our own soil. The, um, The message that the 
demonstration sent was really loud. There were an amazing number of people there. I think Kevin McCarthy was there. There's just a large number of, of Republicans and conservatives and activists of all walks of life. And they all had this same message that America needs to embrace the moment that Cuba is giving us to maybe tip the communist regime out of there and get freedom to this island for the first time in 60 plus years. And yet from the White House, from the Biden White House, there's none of that zeal. There's none of that uh, embrace of freedom or the moment or the history that could potentially be made here. Instead, there's a sort of tepid warning. Hey, if you come by boat, we're going to send you back. That's like the best embrace they could do of freedom. Describe the contrast and what message it's sending to the Cuban American community here. And of course, the Cubans on the ground fighting for freedom in their own country. Well, I think that it has to be very discouraging to the people who are on the ground in Cuba, to Americans or to Cubans who are in America now. It has to be maddening because here are people who are truly trying to treat to escape this dictatorship. And they're saying, no, you cannot, you can't come into our country on a boat in Florida. And yet our borders are wide open in, in Texas and uh, along the, the southern border of the country, it is a very mixed and confusing message. And I think that because it, it doesn't seem to be, we're not treating the situations equally and we're not applying the law in the same way, it, I would imagine it's making those people feel a bit disenfranchised. I, I think, John, when you go, in, you go back and look in 2020 at the election results for Trump and Biden, in the southern part of Florida, where so many Hispanic people are and Cuban, Cuban, former Cubans live and, and children of Cubans live, Trump increased his share of the vote in that portion of the country. And Biden was not able to grow his share of the vote over what Hillary Clinton did four years earlier. And I think that they understand that there's a difference between the policies that the Republicans are advocating for liberty versus what we're getting right now out of our, our White House. It is a remarkable contrast. And, you know, I, I look back, there were three or four moments in history and presidents made very fateful decisions. Ronald Reagan embraced the protest movement in Romania, uh, right outside the Soviet empire in 86. And that gave rise to the beginning of perestroika and the falling of the Soviet empire without a shot being fired. Then Barack Obama in 2009 had the chance to embrace the Green Revolution on the ground in Iran. Instead, he didn't, and the Iranian mullahs crushed it with extraordinary vicious violence against those protesters. And now here we are in the summer of 2020, and, and the, probably the greatest moment in 60 years to maybe tip Cuba out of communism, and we have a White House that has tepidly refused to really embrace what's going on on the ground. And uh, what a, what a moment in history to, to have squandered potentially. going to be interesting what to see. Now, in our own country, we got a lot of freedom debates ourselves. Uh, Joe Biden, I think, was hired. I think it's fair to say that the election turned on the question of COVID. And he was hired because he was a guy who's going to get rid of it, get us back to normal. And his predictions that we'd be out of it by July 4th aren't looking so good. And now we're back to mask mandates. We're back to now talking for the first time vaccine mandates, actually forcing people to get vaccines to keep their job or go to school. Tell us how the American people are going to weigh these next few weeks, how critical they are to the Biden White House that once again, we're trying to go down to something that looks like a lockdown or some form of government mandated behavior during the, during this pandemic. 
I think that this will be detrimental to his presidency. Um, I think that there are people across this country who voted for him and expect something different than what we are seeing right now, especially when it comes to children and masking our children when they go back to school and whether schools even open. I don't think that maybe the White House doesn't understand that when they start sending these kind of messages, like all children must be in masks, what that translates to in some school boards around the country will wind up being, we don't really need to go back yet. And that's going to be even more harmful to the, the kids in those areas that ha- who have lost already a year and a half of school. We need these masks off of children. It is absolutely horrible. I heard a doctor, um, Molly Rutherford, who is in Kentucky, and she actually used to work at the NIH down the hall from Fauci. She spoke to her school board recently, and she was talking about the infection rate and studies that had been shown about areas of the country where they had a forced mask mandate versus an optional mask mandate. And the infection rate where it was forced was 0.28% where the, the mask mandate was forced to be worn. Where, where it was optional, it was actually 0.22%. It was actually, you had a better outcome with the infection rate without having the mask mandate than you did in areas where it was, it was required. And she was calling for kids or, or thanking her school board because they are not going to require mask mandates or require masks on children. And then as you look at these vaccines, something that strikes me is I think when it comes to the vaccine, you have to go talk to your doctor and you've got to make the right personal health care decision. And, and that is a decision between you and your doctor. It's personal and it's based on whatever is going on in your own body. What is odd to me and what I keep wondering is I hear from, from Biden and he's saying, well, now we are going to require all healthcare professionals in the VA to be vaccinated and all federal employees to be vaccinated. And we're hearing from hospitals around the country that they're saying they're going to require all of their healthcare professionals to be vaccinated. My question is this, if you're a healthcare professional and you've given your whole entire life to the study of medicine and you treat and diagnose people every single day, risking your life to help save others' lives, why haven't you gotten the vaccine yet? And if you haven't gotten the vaccine, what do you know that we don't know? Why is it that you're pausing? What is causing you to pause? Because you know the science and you see what's happening. Yeah, you're an expert. Instead of saying, what, instead of saying you must, they all must take it, maybe we should all just take a moment to step back and go, wait a minute, there's something wrong here. The healthcare professionals are not all just clamoring over one another to get it. Why is that? And we're not having that discussion. Instead, it's mandates and government coercion. And that, that is not wrong, and I don't think it's, it is the right direction for our country. Yeah, such an important point and such an important dynamic that we're seeing uh, play out. You had one of my favorite tweets of the last um, several days because this is a remarkable thing that's happened, and most Americans are unaware of it. Uh, you have to be t- dialed in as well as you are to politics to know this, but uh, you wrote Democrats are concerned about the 2020 elections, uh, and they have more reason to worry now because 18 Republican legislatures have passed election integrity laws. And you wrote, they should worry with election integrity, Dems can't win. It's a fascinating moment that 
Uh, a lot of people think nothing's been done, but a lot of these legislatures woke up. I mean, they may have forgot their responsibilities in 2020, but they woke up in this spring and summer and they have really tightened up the rules so that it's easier to vote, but harder to cheat. Uh, what do you think? Do you, are Democrats acting like they know they're going to get kicked out in 2022? I think that, that, yes, I think Democrats are acting like they know they're going, that they are in trouble. I think they're looking at the polling and they know. And John, there was a, a county in St. Louis, it may actually be St. Louis County, that just recently said they are not going to have a mask mandate. They have ended the mask mandate. This is a county, a bipartisan commission made that decision. Um, and they went 61% for Biden. And they're saying, no, we're not going back to masks. I think that that tells you that people, even in areas that voted very strongly, theoretically for for Biden, if you if you believe the outcome of all of the elections, this is an area that was strong for Biden. And still, um, they're going, whoa, this is going too far. We cannot do this anymore. Our own base right here at home is not going to allow us to do this. Regardless of whether they're Republican or Democrat, they realize their citizens don't want it. And I think that that should worry Democrats. And then the fact that elections are going to be uh, more secure next next year, and that we do we want people to vote. We want it to be easy to vote, but we don't want there to be cheating. And state legislatures are improving that around the country, and and people on the right are certainly going to be much more willing to go do that very much more difficult job of either being a poll worker or a poll watcher uh, in the next election. I I think they have reasons to be to be concerned. Yeah, no, there really is. And, and there is so much to uh, still be done. There's so many states where questions remain unanswered and and, uh, and we're just beginning to see activity. But it, it's probably something that we'll look back on five or 10 years ago and say, this was a momentous summer. A lot of things happened that will change the, the way that Americans vote for the future. Uh, though uh, there'll be people still trying to figure out how to game the system even after this. But uh a lot of tightening of the hatches in the last uh, in the last few weeks and few months, actually. Yeah, I, I had the pleasure of seeing you write for me when I was at the Washington Times, and and I've gotten to know you for many years. And your work is so expansive. And what's so interesting is that you know when when I got to know you, it was in the identity of the Tea Party Patriots, and that's still a very important part of your work. But uh, the Tea Party Patriots have really morphed into something much bigger. It really is a very big core of the conservative movement. Now there's this very eclectic big tent that the conservative movement has become. And I wonder, as you look back now, it's been a little more than a decade of, of work in building this coalition. What does that coalition look like? And how did it get to be so big with the mainstream media always shooting at it, right? Cause you're always being, uh, you're always being uh, uh, chagrined and made fun of uh, uh, conservatives are, and they're always getting bogus stories written about them. They're getting censored. And yet, despite all those pressures, the conservative movement has been growing and growing. And I wonder if you look back, how did that happen? I think part of the reason that it happens, I want to talk about censorship first, and then I'll talk about how we have Please. evolved a little or a lot over the years. But I, I think part of it is that when you start censoring doctors, when you start censoring experts in whatever the field they may be an expert in, whether they're Republican or Democrat, you're seeing, and it's happened to reporters, some of the reporters who are much more left-leaning than than I, anyone would ever say I'm even close to being left-leaning, but on the left side of the political aisle, 
they start to say, wait a minute, maybe something's going on here. Maybe what we read all these years about the Tea Party, maybe some of the bad things that are being said about me that are not true were not true about them as as well. And uh-huh. I think that that has helped some people realize what the people in the conservative movement are fighting for is less government control, less government intervention in our lives and more freedom. And I, I think that's helped expand that that tent, if you will. And as far as our organization goes, I think the one thing that we are that we are that has not changed over the last 12 and a half years is that we are a grassroots organization that provides the tools and resources to the grassroots activists to make a difference in in politics. And we still stand for personal freedom, economic freedom and a debt free future. And we've been able to help parents organize. We've been able to help teachers organize. We've been able to help doctors organize. We've been able to help attorneys organize as they're fighting on election integrity because the way you organize grassroots is the same regardless of what your specialty might be. And we've realized that that is something we're very good at. And we just, we try to lean into it and provide the tools and resources so people can make a difference and do what's called grassroots lobbying, which is we tell them things to go do and calls to make to their elected officials and they go make the calls and lobby their own elected officials themselves. What a neat idea. Empowering people at the everyday level of America to do that. You, you did something this past month that caught my attention and we've talked about it offline a little bit, but you made this school board month for, for Tea Party Patriots or quite frankly, conservatives and Talk a little bit about what sort of enthusiasm uh, parents had in getting engaged with the school boards and telling them what they like and don't like about what they've seen of their kids' curriculum the last year. That, that was a pretty big moment and had a pretty big reaction, didn't it? Yes, it really has. Now, there are groups that, have, that, that were out there doing this already, groups of parents. Some of them are a little bit more organized than others. We've heard a lot about Loudoun County. We've heard some about South Lake, Texas, that completely flipped their school board, their people in the Central Valley of, of Texas. And where I live in um, Cherokee County, Georgia, we've been very active with our school board. But what I realized is that there are a lot of people around the country who want to be active and don't didn't know how. So we turned this month of July into school board month, school board meeting month. Next month in August, we're going to focus more on local governments not to say don't go to school boards, but let's also figure out what's going on at the local level because a lot of those mass mandates are coming from local government. Sure. And I think we've had such an amazing response with um, what is happening this month with schools. We're going to go back to that again in September. I got an email over the weekend from one lady who went to her school board meeting, I think last Thursday. She created a Facebook group for parents in her area And within 48 hours, it may have even been 24 hours, she had 300 parents who had joined her. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. It it really isn't. This this matters. And there are 14,000 school school districts across this country. Some are going to be focused. The parents will be focused on what is being taught in the curriculum. Some will be focused on different aspects of COVID mandates. And um, some are having to deal with the um, transgender issues, especially in sports yeah, and in bathrooms. Sure. So the, there's a wide array of, of issues with 14,000 school districts, but at the, the heart, there are 
certain things that you have to do regardless of what issue it is. Research who your your school board members are, get their phone numbers, get their email addresses, attend the meeting, figure out if you want to speak and how to do it, and then go pick the issue you want to talk about. It is a pretty remarkable moment to do that in the way that you've empowered people is really what our founding fathers, when they created this country, they knew there were going to be candle makers and and uh, uh, shoemakers and people that you know, had everyday lives and that they could still engage in their democracy. And for a long time, I think people took that for granted. And you know, our lives got more complicated and we're running the soccer games and college appearances and things. But at the end of the day, the activism that you sort of gave birth to in 08, 9, 10, 11, 12 is now really manifesting itself. Parents taking the time to go to school board meetings, pastors running for office and and uh, military people coming back after defending their country and saying, I don't like the way the policies are in this country. I'm going to fight to uh, protect freedom because that's what I gave my blood for in the battlefield. And uh, the extraordinary enthusiasm of grassroots involvement is it's contagious because it starts to bring concentric rings of actions out. And you've been at the center of that for a really, really remarkable long time. When you look out now, the next four years, we've got two epic elections coming up, 2022, 2024. Last question I want to ask you, what is it that conservatives need to do to win? What is the winning message? What are the winning issues and where are Democrats vulnerable? I would say um, that the people who are running for governor ought to look at what Ron DeSantis has done and consider how you can be more like Ron DeSantis running your own state. Because there are people across this country, whether they have moved to Florida or not, who just keep saying, I wish Ron DeSantis were, were my governor. Yeah. Um, I, I think that the the really big thing here is that you need to focus on limiting the size and scope of government. And you need to also make sure that it's not just critical race theory, but it's this um, critical social justice theory. So it's a little bit bigger than simply race. It's pushing for equity and equal outcomes. I, I would work to say that I am for equality. I am for equal opportunity in this country. So all Americans can pursue their American dream is they dream it and not equal outcomes where we all wind up being equally miserable and drawing a stark contrast between that and then drill down and explain how that would make a difference, whether you're governor or uh, legislator or president or member of Congress or your school board. Because I think right now that is one of the most important differences between the two sides. It's whether we stand for equal opportunity or whether we are trying to have the government force us into equal outcomes. Yeah, such a big moment. And uh, you tweeted out something, I think, the other day. There were these flyers, and we don't know if they're a hoax yet or not, but if they're true, they're really remarkable. These flyers that were mailed to some people in Dallas saying, if you're a white kid, don't have them, uh, don't have your white privileged kids apply to Harvard. Don't aspire to that. Uh, yield your spot to someone else. Um, that is the sort of uh, out, uh, you know, messaging that has people scratching their head like, why shouldn't we all aspire to be the best we can? And there's this moment now where uh, the messaging is clearly resonating with everyday Americans saying, I don't think this is the America I want to be living. We're going to stop this before it gets any crazier. And of course, Jenny Beth, you're a big leader in making sure that America stays, it always has been the great freest country in the world. We're so grateful for the time today and and looking forward to having you back on more regularly. Uh, You're doing such amazing things and it would be fun to get you on here regularly to find out all the good things that are going on in the country. Well, thank you so much, John. And I would love to do that in a regular fashion. All right. Well, count yourself in. We can't wait to have you back already. <laughs> so 
Have a good rest of the day, Jenny Beth. We'll be talking soon. Okay, thank you. God bless. All right, folks, we're going to go to a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to wrap things up for the day and start to lean into the weekend. Where are we? We're broadcasting live from the Freedom Phone Studios here in Washington, D.C. Yes, we're supporting the Freedom Phone and getting people to introduce themselves to it. Don't have to buy it. We hope you do. It's a great phone. We're very impressed with it. I love my version, but that's why we're here. And when we come back, we will wrap it up for the day. We'll be back soon, right after this great commercial message. Folks, everyone knows the next medical crisis is just around the corner. Whether it comes in the form of a pandemic or something much more mundane like a tick bite, you and your family need to be prepared. That's what we learned from this last pandemic, right? That's where the wellness company comes in. You know the wellness company. We have their great doctors like Dr. Peter McCullough on all the time on our shows. The wellness company and their doctors are medical professionals that you can trust. And the new medical emergency kits are the gold standard when it comes to keeping you safe and healthy, and most importantly, prepared. Be ready for anything. This medical emergency kit contains an assortment of life-saving medications, including ivermectin and z The medical emergency kit provides a guidebook to aid in the safe use of all of these life-saving medications. So you know what you're doing. From anthrax to tick bites to COVID and even the bioweapon like the plague, the wellness company's medical emergency kit is exactly what you need to have on hand to be prepared. Rest assured knowing that you have emergency antibiotics, antivirals, and antiparasitics on hand to keep you and your family safe from whatever the globalists throw your way. Go to www.twchealth/justnews today in order. That's twc.health/justnews and use the promo code justnews to save 10%. All right, folks, that wraps things up for the day. So grateful to Jenny Beth for spending some time and sharing her wisdom with us, what she saw firsthand at the Capitol earlier this week, what she sees in the policy debates in Washington, where the free Cuba or Cuba Libre movement may go next. All important discussions that we need to have. We ought to have more of them in Washington. We're not having these sort of serious conversations often enough in the halls of power of Washington, D.C., All right, before we go, a quick reminder. You know my friends at Kansas City Steaks. I love them. I love their product. My freezer is full of great items from them, steaks and desserts and entrees and vegetables and chicken and burgers. I've got it all. I look like I could run my own grill, uh, Mextex grill, and you know what? I might someday. I love it that much. If you are got a hankering to grill out, get some great steaks on the grill, chicken, pork, whatever you're looking for, I've got the solution for you. Our friends at Kansas City Steaks have a special offer, a big discount and free shipping. If you use the code JUSTNEWS, all one word, JUSTNEWS at checkout. Hey, we got a month left of this summer. We don't have to give up yet. We're not going back to school and work just yet. Why not fire up the grill this weekend, put on some of those amazing Kansas City Steaks and bring the grilling house to your house. That's what I do almost every weekend now. I'm hooked on it. I can't believe how much I love it. All right, remember that Just News is the code, one word, at checkout. If you do it, you're going to get a big break on prices and free shipping. The steaks will show up at your door in a couple days, and you will be satisfied. You know what? I'm getting hungry. My mouth is watering just talking about this. Well, go do it. Go support our great friends, because every time you buy their steaks, their products, their great food, you're helping to support Just the News 
and John Solomon reports. We're grateful for you. We're grateful for Kansas City Steaks. We're grateful for the discount code, Just News. I love that discount code. All right, folks, that wraps it up for the day. God bless you, and God bless this amazing country, the United States of America, as he always has. You've been listening to John Solomon reports, the podcast from Just the News. Hey folks, have you heard of cancer-fighting foods? The American Cancer Society discovered diets rich in fruits and vegetables may actually lower your risk of cancer. Think about that for a second. That's really important. Hopefully, you hear this and run to the store for five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. But if you're like me, you probably don't have the time to do that, right? So maybe you should consider adding Field of Greens to your daily health regimen. Each fruit and veggie in Field of Greens was doctor-selected for studied health benefits. There's a heart health group, lungs, kidneys, and metabolism groups, even healthy weight. What your body needs is in each scoop of delicious Field of Greens. I take it every day. Sometimes I put it in a shake. Sometimes I put it in my egg white omelet in the morning. Field of Greens can help prevent, treat, and cure cancer? No, but it can powerfully help you audit your next checkup. Your doctor will notice your improved health or you're going to get your money back. Here's the most amazing thing about it. I started using Field of Greens a year ago. My cholesterol is down. My blood sugar is down. My weight's down. My health is up. My sleeping patterns are better. My metabolism is up. If you want to experience what I've experienced, go check out Field of Greens. Jump into the ring here. You're going to get an enormous benefit. And it's so simple. Single scoop, a couple of seconds, healthy lifestyle all day long. Now, thanks to our good friends at Brickhouse Nutrition, Field of Greens is going to give you a 15% off discount plus free rush shipping. All you got to do is go to fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS for your discount. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Fieldofgreens.com, promo code JUSTNEWS. Go check it out. Folks, we're sponsored today by Donors Trust, the tax-friendly way to preserve your charitable giving. In times of crisis, those with a giving spirit and a desire to build up civil society find ways to be helpful. And that's when it's good to have a charitable resource ready to deploy when they're needed most. Donors Trust offers donor-advised funds or giving accounts. You can use these funds as your own charitable investment account and manage your charitable giving in a way that's smart, tax-advantaged, aligned with your values, and private. Donors Trust clients are using their funds to support charities helping their local communities while also using their giving account to simultaneously support think tanks and liberty-minded organizations that believe our constitutional rights shouldn't get lost in a time of emergency. Now is the time to take a closer look at Donors Trust and join their community of liberty-minded donors by opening a donor advised fund. Go to DonorsTrust.org slash JustNews for the ultimate survival guide to charitable giving and learn how a donor advised fund can preserve your ability to give to the charities you love. That's DonorsTrust.org slash JustNews.